Hey there, and welcome to Courageous Radiance Podcast. My name is Brittany Dixon, your host, and I'm so grateful that you are tuning in and that you are here. I am very passionate for each woman to have an anchor. Did you know that that is even a possibility? Girl, scooch in. Listen to this one more time. You have an anchor. We are never, ever, ever without hope. What joy and peace we can therefore go into any battle into any season, knowing that there is guaranteed victory in Christ on the other side. So this podcast is built to encourage you and to equip you with reading God's word as we do life going in millions of different directions, wearing so many different hats, but with an anchor together. Thanks so much for listening. Hey there, and welcome to Courageous Radiance. At some point, this podcast will get going. This is the second Tuesday of the month, which is the new designated Courageous Marriages with the Dixons. And we have spent, I don't know, what, 10 minutes laughing, probably, (laughs) Um, post a vision retreat weekend. uh, We have used XO marriage, Marriage content since 2019 with... 2019 with um, Marriage on a Rock by Jimmy Evans and have been following him and Karen Evans since then. And y'all know that COVID decade. So we were able to experience the um, conference in 2020 and we set aside two days. So we stayed like one night and this year we wanted to expand it to two nights. So it's like a true Um, just a little staycation and really making it a vision retreat. So it's a great conference. I like how they called that a work conference. Oh, they did call it a work conference. Great speakers. Um, I mean, it's everywhere. Actually, somebody had reached out to me when I posted on social media, which are you following at Courageous Radiance, Um, a part of the Facebook Courageously Radiant Women group, but I posted and someone was like, oh, I went to the conference in Atlanta. And I was like, oh, cool. When? And she said in October. So they do even virtual, um, what is it called? Simulcast? Simulcast at different campuses as well as online. So this person speaking, who I was (laughs) laughing with, he was more laughing. It was really more you than me, is, introduce yourself, please. Eddie Dixon, my, your husband? Like, <laughs> well, just, how, how am I supposed you, to introduce myself? You haven't been on here in a while. Okay. It, it, I'm your loving, sweet, caring husband. My better the light half. of your life. Baby dad. Many things. Um, so he is joining me again. Second Tuesday is courageous parenting. No, courageous marriage. marriage. Got to be married before you can be parents. Well. In God's eyes. In, yeah. Doesn't happen that way. Didn't happen that way for us. But, um... Yes. Uh, Courageous Marriage is the second Tuesday. So I'm excited to just share. We have notes and, well, Eddie puts stuff on his phone. He's more digital. I have old school notebook. Many great notes and nuggets and content. But really, you know, the purpose of this time, Eddie, is to be able to help use our vision, which we already had. And I feel like this past weekend, we just beefed it up. And um, made it a little bit more specific. And the cool thing about, you know, vision, even if you think about your jobs, I'm sure that there's mitigation of what went well, what do we need to fix and kind of revise, etc. So it's really the same thing in terms of our marriages. And um, we really use this time to not just start completely 
to demolish everything that that we've written down before, but just to really perfect it for the season that we're in with parenting, with our jobs. I feel like the pace of our lives is different. So it was very fruitful. I feel like we walk away fed and we run at a very fast speed, a lot of times in different directions on an everyday basis. So this is gives a time. I really, really want to encourage you to create a time that you can get away. I don't really think there's any specific amount of days. What do you think? I mean, it's great if you can get away for a longer period of time so you can have that, like I said, work conference where you can truly not have to rush it, but assess. I think our three things were, you know, what went well last year? Um, what are we thankful for and grateful for? And what do we want to work on for the next year? Um, so, I mean, again, that might take a day or two or depending on where you're at in your marriage, that might take a few days. But then also just have some time to connect. You mm-hmm. don't want it to feel like even though we call it a war conference, you don't want it to feel like a business trip where you're mm-hmm. just sp- specifically there to just work on goals and, and game plan and everything like that, but not have time to enjoy your spouse. So again, if that can be done in a couple of days where you still have time to laugh like we did and joke and, um, you know, go out, to dinner. go out to dinner and just yeah. whatever you want to do, um, you kind of gauge on how much time you would need for that. And we had, we actually were gifted with the ability to go with friends, people mm-hmm. who we're doing life with, and we actually said one of the revisions is next year, we don't want both nights to be with our friends who we love dearly, but we're going to um, have one night be for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then the next night is for our horizontal community. So it's it's really no template, but I just want to throw a question at you, Eddie. I call him 3D. So if I happen to say 3D, that's who, same person. Um, why do you think God brought us together? In 1999. Mm, so, so, so long ago. <laughs> you made me feel so old right there. Somebody on social the media 1900s. literally was like, oh my goodness, I was five when you guys. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, it's like, thank you. Um, I think God brought us together. Um, and we'll talk about this, I think, in this podcast is just for legacy, for our own legacy, for our family's legacy. I think it would have been hard for us to, not hard, but I think since we both came from bro- broken homes and generational curses. Um, what does that mean? Just we for... both were um, products of divorce, parents, um, lineage of divorce, lineage of just brokenness when it came to relationships, um, not only with our parents, but um, uncles, aunts, friends, neighbors. I mean, it, it was just a lot of people around that was broken around us and so um that was the normal for us right and so i think when god brought us together if you would have came from a home with you know two parents that loved on each other and had been married for 50 years and had this great thriving marriage i don't know if i would have been able to relate to that and it would have been hard for me to not even say you know we couldn't do it but it was it was something that I hadn't seen done successfully. And I think the same thing for you. So I think God intentionally brought us together to say, hey, I can take two broken vessels and show them how to become whole, but then also show them the importance of, like we learned in the conference, for generations, what we're responsible for. So I think the severity of the brokenness that we faced in our past helped us come together and see the severity of the choices that we need to make now so there can be 
generations upon generations upon generations, our kids, grandkids, great grandkids, even lineage down the line that we'll never meet that hopefully will be affected by us trying to do it right. So, and also I, I think marriage, I wrote this down that marriage really exposes idols. Um, and when you think of idolatry, um, just from just Webster definition, I mean, it's, it's, it's replacing God with some type of, you know, and it doesn't have to be this golden calf. Like we're not in those days anymore. It can even be an ideal, like a, a, you know, just a practice, not necessarily even, you know, I'm worshiping my, my red bottoms. I don't even have any, but I'm just saying like, you know, something status wise, but, um, I, I feel like God knew that there was so many hidden idols and ideals within me that were not edifying and glorifying to God, really based and stemmed in my pride and my brokenness that you mentioned. And it's almost like sometimes I say, why did I have to go through so much with you? But I really think it took all of that to humble me and break me to that point where I actually was postured in a way like, God, I, I actually need you. Because my bent is, as you know, is self-reliance and to everybody, including God. So for me, it's just, it is the, um, you know, I, two, I had a two-parent home for until I was 19. Um, there was issues in the home, but both my parents loved, you know, loving parents, doting parents, but the marriage was not good. It was very bad. And that did affect my concept and it actually affect my drive to want to achieve and I don't need him. I don't need nobody and grabbing air, which I don't think I grabbed air back then in the nineties. I don't know if people did that, but I mean, I for sure was shaking my head internally that I don't want to need anybody. So then I started valuing status, not from money, but from education, um, et cetera. So I, I think marriage really exposes idols. Um, and again, these idols are an attempt to replace God. So is marriage or our marriage problem actually, is our, our, is our marriage problem actually a God problem? Like individually, like, you know what I mean? Like, yes, okay, so surface, the fruit of this we see, we're arguing, we're like, we have money problems or whatever it is, parenting differences, but maybe there's like the deeper root of there's actually individual vertical God problems. I think if you don't have, as we, one of the nuggets that we took from the conference this weekend was if you don't have God, um, you don't have Jesus in the center of your marriage, you're going to have problems. And you could have 100%. the best marriage that you can yeah. think of. I mean, you could be doing well financially. You could have good kids. But there's something that's going to come Someone up even that, said like going on trips every yeah, year. I, mean, I forget which person said that. You could have the Instagram happy marriage where you just look at that couple like, man, if I could just be like yeah. them. If I could just be in Italy right now on the Amalfi Coast and knowing that, you know, my, my Damn, that's pretty parents specific. Got, well, I guess that's where I want to go soon. <laughs> Um, we'd love to go back there. Um, but you know, if my parents could take care of the kids while we're gone, so we didn't have any worries and, you know, we know we could even leave in the middle of the school year and our kids would be fine as far as making sure they're doing all their homework. 
Um, but there's something that the enemy is going to use. And sometimes it's even just that, hey, everything is going right. So why would I need God? Why do mm. I need to lean into him? So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily even something going wrong. But I think at the, the, the heart of it is if God isn't at the center of your marriage, you're bound to fail at some point. Mm-hmm. Something's going to happen to either cause you guys to drift um, or obviously there could be something major as far as infidelity or lack of trust or, you know, whatever the issue may be, or it could just be, again, the pace of life is just keeping you busy. And yes, it looks like you're great as far as on paper where you got, you know, your trips and you got your house and, and all that stuff, but are you really connected? And then lastly, and this is what I talked about earlier with legacy is when you die, is anybody going to be a benefit of your marriage? Are mm. people going to be affected because of what you did? You know, again, not to, you know, take away from people who do all the things, you know, go on trips and, and have all these. Well, and we do all together. of that. And we do that. Yeah, but so, then but then look at we did all that with all the trouble. That's what I'm saying. So at the end of the day, you can do all that. But then you can a have internal issues in your marriage or b like I talked about. When you're no longer here, can anybody look at your marriage and say, man, that marriage really impacted my life? You know, they I, I saw how they fought together against the devil. I saw how they, you know, traversed through a hard season of marriage. I saw how they were able to parent difficult years as far as teenagers or in our case, you know, special needs children and things like that. So, you know, just your marriage isn't just for you. We talk about this all the time. Right, right. And so, again, it's not only making sure that you guys are in a good spot and growing and thriving, but who are you, who's benefiting from seeing that? And again, that starts in your own household, household with creating your legacy with your kids of them seeing what a successful marriage is supposed to look like. So that's why I wanted to finish talking about was with this vision statement, because how do you make a vision statement? Um, we crafted one years ago and just kind of added some necessary pieces to it. But one of the things that we were th- that we wrote down was just to really identify your core values. So what really matters most? Traditions, as my husband talked about, legacy, hopes. How many children do you want to have? Do you not want to have children? Like just what are the core values individually and then collectively? So you have to have this time that's set. You know, you can't like do this at like Chick-fil-A. Like, you know, like you, you need time set aside together and this has to be equal. It can't just be one person is overpowering. It's just one person's goals. And it changes too. I mean, oh, again, yeah. you know, in the beginning part of your marriage, like you said, if it is just you and your spouse, um, there's going to be a totally different goal and totally different set of values that you're going to have compared to when you introduce uh, kids into it and then again as the kids get older and eventually you become empty nesters the goals change and then well you and you're an advisor he's a financial advisor and you see that with people with their different season mm-hmm. of life well now now what do we do right financially um and this sounds very very negative but i'm sorry i'm a nurse but envision your funeral like both of you, what is going to be said in that eulogy? This this alludes to what Eddie was saying. What will be said? What legacy? What are y'all going to really be known for? I'm pretty sure it's no one's going to talk about our closet. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as I love to decorate, which you know, 
I don't think anybody's going to like be enamored on that board and batten wall. Right. <laughs> so just what do you want to be known for? Um, just like your priorities and goals individually. But then this has to be meaty, but yet simple. Because I really suggest you to be able to memorize it. So, I, I mean, you can technically have multiple, you know, like a paragraph, but just make it enough where you can look at it. You can even put it up somewhere in your house where you're looking at it daily because it does need to have a daily impact on your decisions. If Eddie gets a new job or job offer, we really need to sit down with our vision and our mission. How does this go in line with that or does it take away from that? Because so if I start looking at numbers with a whole bunch of zeros, it's going to be like, ooh. Yeah. But what if that's not in alignment? Or on the opposite end, what if God is calling you to sell everything and you know, go out and be missionaries? Is that Are you still as excited about that? You or know we know mean? people who get job promotions. Mm -hmm. Just because the job promotion comes, are you supposed to do that? Um, people who have thought about fostering, I would love to, to do some type of adoption at some point. It's just, it's been like a little itch, like every so often, every, but all of these type of things really need to be weighed against the vision and the mission, because otherwise I think that's where the slow drift comes, where eventually you'll be like, I mean, I really don't know why we together. And you're not prioritizing the marriage. I mean, going back to what you were saying before, I mean, I know somebody that got an offer to take over another office. You know, it's probably about 100 miles from their current office. So, again, mm. in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't seem like a big ideal. But, you know, just think about us right now. If we move from the area that we're in to the opposite side of the Metroplex like we were at this weekend. Right. We're now trying to establish a whole new church, a new community, people right. who are going to be our, like we learned in the conference, our pacemakers who are going to oh, run, that was really you know, good. run beside us and that. keep us, you know, focused on our, on our goals. And so, again, this is where you have to always prioritize the mission of the marriage because, again, there's... A, Easy, it's easy to that for that vision to get contaminated by things of this world to say, oh, okay, this this job is going to offer us, like you said, more money, or this this area is nicer than where we live now. But is God calling to calling you to that, or is He saying, hey, sit still where you're at because this is where you're being poured into. This is where you're pouring into. This is where you're establishing for your kids that they know, hey, this is our home. This is where we grew up. They they have stability there. Um, so again, it's, it's prioritizing what God has called you to do in your marriage and how you're going to have the greatest impact where you are. So scripture, I usually start at the beginning with it, but one of the speakers who we really liked, I feel like we liked a lot, but mm -hmm. Dan Lean, Lean, man, I can't get that guy's name, but he talked about the definition of marriage because this is a day and age and culture that everybody just wants to put their definition and addendum to God. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you have to go back to Bible. What does the Bible say? It's one man plus one woman becoming one in the garden naked. So there's that transparency, vulnerability, uh, working together, walking with God. <clears throat> it was amazing. But um, Genesis 2, so this starts in verse 8. The Lord planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had formed. The Lord God caused, and I really, I boxed that, caused to grow out of the ground every tree pleasing in appearance 
and good for food, including the tree of life in the middle of the garden, as well as the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then if you go down to 15, verse 15, same chapter, verse two, chapter 2, verse 15, the Lord God took the man and placed him in the garden of Eden to work it and watch over it, which is what he referred to in his um, talk. But it's really this idea of team. Like we are Team Dixon and we have team members now, our kids on our team. So as a team, God brought us together. So going back to that first question I asked my spouse, why did God bring us together? Because there was many detours, stumbling blocks, hurdles, difficult points where I'm like, I don't really know why we're together. This is too hard. We can't do it. We're so different, which by the way, Eddie and I are very different, very, very different. But why did God bring us together? We can't, I really encourage that as you sit down and really think through your vision statement, you have to think what God's vision is first, because we're always nestled under God. It's not us, then God, it's God first. And then we break down to do um, the pieces that we want to identify for us specifically. Um, Gary Thomas, who our life group years ago, wrote a book. It's a good marriage isn't something you find, it's something you make, which I thought was really good. So it's something, this, this, vision's, this vision is something you have to make. And by God's help, by God's grace, remaining in Christ individually and collectively, I feel like he'll help you sustain that for you guys to remain as one. Yeah. I mean, marriage is work. And just like when you said you're putting your goals together, I, I'm about to do um, the annual review for my admin. And I just can't go through them and check everything off. Like, okay, you did that great. You get that great. Because then nothing's ever going to improve. Mm -hmm. So I think the thing with marriage is there's always room for improvement. There's always room to tweak your goals. There's always room to dig a little bit deeper and say, hey, how can we lean into this area a little bit more? Or not saying you've mastered an area, but if there's an area that you feel like you're really strong in, how now can we use that to in influence somebody else? Mm -hmm. So again, if you would have told us 10 years ago that we would be doing premarital counseling or counseling for people who are struggling in their right. marriage, we probably would have looked at you like, right, you like you're, we're in the class. In the class, in the back. Leading. Right. Um, but now that God has given us that story and we're still crafting our story and still creating and still, you know, trying to challenge each other and challenge uh, us collectively, but God has given our story for a reason. And now it's for us to share with others, to give them hope, to give them um, truth, to give them vulnerability, mm -hmm. um, to show them that, yes, marriage, it takes work. It's not going, you're just not going to, like you said, happen on a great marriage. Yeah, it, it, It's, it's going to take work. It's going to take dedication. It's going to take commitment every single day. And again, it's not a 50-50 thing. Some mm -hmm. days you're going to give 90 and I'm going to give 10 and vice versa. So that's where, again, you have to be committed to knowing that you're a team, you have the same goal, you guys are working towards that, um, and you're going to pour everything into it to make sure that you come out successful uh, in the long term for that goal. If you're anchored. Correct. Which is really the heart of this podcast, you know. You well, it's know. a trifecta, just like marriage is a reflection of heaven when you have God, the son and the Holy spirit here on earth. It's the husband, the wife and the Holy spirit, you know, mm -hmm. Jesus and God and the Holy spirit being the center, being the connecting piece of our marriage. Um, because again, without them, there's only a matter of time before something will happen that will cause you either to drift or 
for your marriage not to be impactful to anybody beyond the four walls of your own home. That's so good. Good job. All right. Well, anything lasting to say? You know, I do want to just say that if you have any questions, please reach out to me. Courageous Radiance is Instagram, Courageously Radiance Facebook group. Share, y'all, please share. That would be the greatest and biggest honor um, with anybody that you know this would be a big blessing to, um, as well as just reach out to me on the blog, CourageousRadiance.com. If you have any questions, I would love to assist. We love helping equip your um, tool belt with new tools. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.